In the path to wisdom, to enlightenment, we often see things at a distance before we are able to reside there. For instance, we may see that we want healthier eating habits but are unable to discipline ourselves enough to follow through. We may see that we want to be a more compassionate person but are unable to maintain the perspective of putting others first. All of us have this tendency to fall back into old habits and ways of thinking, even if that's not what we desire to do. Even when we recognize that the ways we used to live don't work, we often have a hard time staying in the transcendence that we've tasted. This song, Breath Within the Breath, is about this tension. At this point of the record, there has been a revelation. We've seen the sort of life we want to live. We want to be present to the light that is right before our eyes. We want to be present and still within that sacred empty space within that is free from noise and attachment the breath within the breath but as we open our eyes we don't just see the light we see the world around us and the world is messy the beginnings of this song were written in response to some of the political and social mess in our world right now Brexit, Trump, racism, ISIS the list goes on and on so much is so broken. There have been times when I felt embarrassed about being a human being. I remember going to the movies a couple of months ago in the middle of all sorts of violence that was happening. Terrorist attacks, police shootings. And in an attempt to get away from all of that for a bit, just going to the movies and trying to relax, I looked around and saw that on the movie posters, there wasn't a single one without a gun on it. And I was just so disgusted at it all, all the violence in the hearts of human beings. And it's easy for me to look and point the finger, but there's some part of me that knows that it's in my heart as well. I drive down the street, I see all the cars in Los Angeles polluting the environment. I see all the tension, the loneliness, the suffering, the anger. I've tasted that breath within the breath that makes all of this beautiful, but it's so easy to lose that perspective. I can't help but ask, how long will it be like this? How long until I can actually remain in the kind of perspective and life that I long to live in? Breath Within the Breath. Um, starts out a little bit of a dark trip. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, it gets darker. Um, <laughs> oh, amazing. It's just amazing to go from like that light and then just, you know, the world is full of liar, full of cheats. <laughs> You don't, you didn't know me then, but when I was a younger man and earlier in my marriage, I was basically a pathological liar. I just lied all the time. It just if I could get away with it or to make myself feel better and it's a it's an impulse that I still occasionally hear called to me from this day and the only reason I can fight it is I remember the the fallout in relationships from being dishonest and I, the song is more about 
obviously more than just lying, but I love the way it drew this parallel between how we tend to force onto an external frame and see in other people like what we despise in ourselves, but then re understanding that in some way that's part of the entire human experience. Really, really, really powerful. I think we all have these experiences where you see something, you see the light, you have a moment where you really feel like, oh, I get how it is. Mm -hmm. And then you see other stuff mm -hmm. and you're like, oh. you know, I mean, a lot of us had born again experiences like that early on in our lives where we became Christians or the old way of life wasn't working. And then Jesus has saved me from all of this stuff and it's, you're alive and it, it's all, you see the light and then you're part of a church for a while and you see how that works or you have a mystical experience. I mean, I think you always have these like moments of clarity and highs and then the pendulum swings back uh, and it can be a tiring fight. And so this is kind of uh it's a post where we've already, we've started seeing the light, but one experience, when does that ever happen? Where it's like, yeah, it happened. And I've just always been perfect ever since. I've always just been present. Uh, there's that, that swinging that happens. And, and how do you navigate within all of that? Mm. And now let's hear breath within the breath. Part of the fight How long 
Well, the next track is my new favorite Gunger song of all time. Really? Uh, which is Lovely Broken, yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. I'm... I don't know why I'm surprised, but that <laughs> I guess you don't like this song as much have, as I do. That's your opinion. No, I, it's I, okay. I like. No, I like it. I've seen some people say like that it. online, actually, too. Really, that's their favorite of ours ever. Wow, I did not see those comments. Yeah. I like the song. I just had no idea it was people's favorite. It, it's so the, this song uh, for those of you poor souls who haven't heard it yet. Again, what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's got a a, a a dual voiced melody, and the voices take contrasting viewpoints and lead to a convergence, which when authors do that in books, it's the hardest way to write a story. Um, and it's amazing when they can pull it off. And I had that same feeling in this song uh, and didn't see it coming. Hmm. And I feel like this kind of lays out the two energies between presence and distraction, hope and despair, yeah. life and fear of death that have played through the record so far. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it's just so beautifully done. That's not a question that leads you to be able to say anything. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. But so what made you, how did you approach this from a songwriting perspective of, of creating these kind of two voices? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because we actually wrote this one, or the chorus of this one, no, during Beautiful... No, the first verse. The, oh, it's just the first verse. That's yeah. right. Was it during Beautiful Things? I think so, right after I mean, Beautiful Things. It was a long time ago, and we always really liked it, but just for whatever reason, couldn't finish it. It didn't feel like it was complete, or it sometimes it felt a little too production-wise, a little too like kind of Disney. The way mm. we had it with with when I'm singing, it was all very like flowery, and then Mike will come in and sing. So my part was a very major flower rainbows, and his was really, really dark. So kind of too uh contrasting so um but we also i don't think we had the maturity to know how to bring them together it was no, sort of like you had to live the story before part of it is like lisa's lisa's personality versus my personality yeah <laughs> That's how it yeah like. yeah it did start like that because there was a while of like well this is yeah this is lisa and then this is michael and they even got to the point where though like some other people had commented on that where it kind of made me frustrated that that's how they saw us because I think internally my internal dialogue is sometimes very different than I think how I'm perceived by people or what or even how I want people to perceive me you know I think I am naturally a, a happier person um but my internal you have your darkness is sometimes though. very dark you, de you definitely yeah. have your darkness yeah yeah so as we've grown and especially a lot of the things that we've wrestled with the last few years um has really made us embrace beauty and pain alike. So it's not just, oh, this is, there's only two sides there. You can either have like this cheery disposition or you're more melancholy and dark. Um, it is 
both. And it's important to embrace, not just to push aside one and feel like you have to be one way or the other. Uh, but like it says in the chorus, see the love, see the heartbreak, see all of it. Um, which we also say in the previous albums, that's a hint to some of the previous um, songs that we've done through the, through the trilogy of embracing all, the whole of life. I also think I recognize both of those things in me. I love the study that you often talk about in your talks now with the split brain mm-hmm. thing. Uh, have we talked about that on the podcast? I don't know if we've ever done split brain on the podcast. What? You guys haven't? That is that like changed my life. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I bet we have at some point. Lost and found, you had maybe. To Can you give a, a little... Yes, brief summary of that because that that idea i think probably helped this song finish and be what it is yeah do you think it is it that fun? idea helped a- me stay alive as a human being <laughs> <laughs> me too <laughs> do you so want to tell people that's neuroscience cue science music uh so your brain has two hemispheres a left hemisphere and a right hemisphere most people know that uh those two hemispheres are connected via a thick channel of nerves called the corpus callosum and uh in the 20th century scientists realized that epileptic seizures were caused by feedback between the two hemispheres of the brain across the corpus callosum and they decided to try to treat that because in some cases those seizures were life-threatening with experimental surgery that involves severing the corpus callosum and they had no idea what would happen when you did that. Um, so the first patient, when they woke up, they really didn't know what would occur. Uh, and he was completely normal. And in the weeks that followed, he remained completely normal. And so they started doing the surgery more often, experimentally, and, and, and you know, keeping track of people who'd been through it. And it was going so well that some neurosurgeons were contemplating doing corpus callosum brain surgery as a preemptive strike for anyone diagnosed with epilepsy because as brain surgery went it was a pretty easy procedure uh until one of the first patients who had this happen went home one day to give his wife a hug and he ended up punching her with his left hand she was shocked, but he was more shocked because he didn't make any conscious effort to punch her. And then another woman who'd had the surgery grabbed a dress in her closet to go to work. And as she was walking out of the closet, her left hand grabbed a really loud floral pattern dress and then pinned her right hand against the wall until she dropped the dress. And then another man said he had insomnia, he couldn't sleep because his left hand closed around his own throat while he was going to sleep one night. And it's called alien hand syndrome. And it led neuroscientists to theorize that maybe uh, since you have two hemispheres, you have two prefrontal cortexes, do you have a separate consciousness in your right brain that acts as a mute slave to the left brain? And they decided to test that by uh, setting up a, a display system where they could set up a question where only one half of the brain could see it. Now the left brain can speak, it has your speech uh, center in the left temporal lobe, the right brain is mute. So they trained the right brain 
to use the left hand to move Scrabble tiles to answer questions. And so they asked a, a young boy what he wanted to do when he graduated, and he said out loud that he wanted to be a draftsman, which is a thoroughly sensible occupation. And then they asked him, asked his uh, right brain what he wanted to do, and his left hand spelled out automobile racer. So these are dramatically different um, occupations, and the two halves of his brain were not in agreement. And now that there's no corpus callosum there, the right brain could assert its agency without being controlled by the left. And so in another case, they actually asked someone, do you believe in God? And the person's left brain said, no, I don't believe in God. But the right brain said, I will always believe in God. so you had documented medical evidence of a theist and an atheist sharing space in a skull. And so we talk about this idea of cognitive dissonance because since the Enlightenment, we've seen ourselves on this pursuit of truth through empirical knowledge and any failure to adhere to the evidence we call cognitive dissonance. But it turns out that holding contradicting positions simultaneously is just a fundamental aspect of human consciousness. Like part of you wants to eat pizza right now and be thin later, and that's because different parts of the brain want different things. And so in that way, that, <laughs> that song could be viewed as different parts of a single brain speaking to itself. And the way that we, we have this embodiment of optimism and pessimism hope and despair, joy and suffering, learning to embrace both is learning to fully embody the human experience. And anytime you try to stick to just one of the poles, all you're doing is denying a large part of your own human experience. So amazing. I mean, that is so important to a lot of us that have tension in our thoughts can help us uh, understand ourselves more. So let's listen to this song here in a second. Uh, one more note about the production though. It starts with this single note, just this C sharp on the guitar. So you're looking at this one thing and based on how you're looking at it, you're, you're seeing that one note as major or minor, which it isn't either. It's just a note. Um, but interestingly, that production decision ended up kind of enriching the lyric to me, just the production itself. By, by looking at this one thing, whatever perspective you're looking at it from, it can be either thing. You can sing major over it, you can sing minor over it, and when you're doing that, it feels like that. Um, and so it's all, it's all about perspective. And there's also the musical element of this where there's kind of, uh, is this swung? Is it not? How the eighth notes, this is, it's a musical thing uh, for the nerds out there. But the, it's kind of, the song is kind of swung and kind of not, depending on when, when it is, where you're looking at it from. Uh, are you listening to the drums or listening to the guitars? So welcome to the ambiguity of Lovely Broken. Everything is lovely Everything is bright 
Everything is here because of glorious desire. Everything becoming our salvation. You and I. Everything is broken, everything is pain Everything is dark and pointless, what is there to say? Everything is empty, everything will die You and I See the To free, uh, which first of all, kudos for um, opening up that melody to really let William Matthews do his thing. Yeah, um, so good. It, it, I mean, it it still fits sonically within the record, but it it, it is it definitely embodies like William in mm-hmm. in the melody line and the movement. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what what where this song came from. So I was actually uh, just sitting at the piano 
uh, messed it around with some of these ideas because I was very uh, brokenhearted with um, a lot of the shootings that had been happening, the police brutality, and people turning a blind eye to it and getting in fights on Twitter and social media. And uh, so it was one of those moments I was feeling pretty um, devastated with the way our world was and will we ever change? Or is this, are we going to continue in circles? And um, I had called up William because we'd been wanting to write a song together for a while. And so, so I called him up and said, hey, why don't you come over and we'll, let's, I, I think I need your voice in this. William was feeling this tension pretty heavily as well that day. So he came over and it was actually really easy to write this song. So this song is very dear to William's heart because it depicts what he has grown up in and lives every day. And um, I'm really, I'm really glad we got to write it together. And I'm really, really glad he is, he's featured on it. Yeah, I think he, he kills it. He, he sings it with passion and with a lot of honesty. And um, he's become actually a really close friend of ours. And I, I feel really grateful that he's on this album. It builds to such an anthem. I mean, it is a really powerful song. Yeah, and you know, we even when we were writing it, the whole we the transition from we will all be free, like we this we will thing, to we are, we kind of went back and forth on that. Even like, well, are we are we free? Are we? It's, it's definitely a uh, kind of a declaration of hope. To me, where it fits on the record, as far as like the concept, that wrestling of Lovely Broken has been a big thing of my life. My faith in deconstruction and where I've ended up since is never able to, you know, for so long I, I kept wrestling with theodicy and how could a good all-powerful God exist with the world that we see. And so Lovely Broken is kind of, is sort of the embrace of paradox. It's the embrace of different perspectives of different planes of reality. Having paradox as part of the perspective being comfortable with tension and paradox allows some freedom to do the work of justice in a little better way even in a more efficient and productive way where you're you're fighting for equality on this earth we're fighting for justice but we're doing so not out of just out of one soul subjective selfish place but we're we're doing so where the burden is where is easy the yoke, the yoke is easy, the burden is light. When you come to that place where you're not worried about tomorrow, but you're still working for tomorrow, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging place to find, to get to, to, to. It's a complicated, paradoxical place to get to in your mind and your heart to let it all work together like that. But I think when you can, you can say at, at the same time, we will be free and we are free and the kingdom of God is advancing and it's here and it's not here and it's you know what I mean like you can deal with all of it um, and work better at it when you're not so attached and when you're when you're actually free inside I think you can work for freedom better outside there's a world at war caught in suffering 
silent casualties oh god grant us peace in these sleepless nights i can hardly breathe despite brutality i know that we'll be free i know that we'll be Love will hold us here Love will join our hands Teach us to have no fear So we lay our head down To wash their feet When we see our brother Oh, we'll all be free Yes, we'll We hope you've been enjoying this series of podcasts on One Wildlife Body. If you have been enjoying it, please do share with your friends the podcast and, of course, the music. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your music. Make playlists, share it on social media. Uh, you can talk about it with at Gunger Music. And then, of course, we are at The Liturgists, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, thanks so much for the patrons that support this show on Patreon and everybody that makes this possible. We love doing this with you guys. So much love. Talk to you tomorrow.